So when we say we worship God, we are simply saying giving God the same love that he gave us. Last week I said that I said that God wants us to love him passionately, to love him thoughtfully, and to love him practically. Are we together? We read Matthew 22, verses 37, that love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all your heart. And you must love him with all your heart. Your soul. And you must love him with all your what? Your strength. You must love him with all your abilities. You must give him back your talents that he has given to you. Then you must love him with all your mind. You must think about God when you wake up. And you must act accordingly with your strength. Okay, are we together? I want us to read this verse together. The Bible says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Sure. What a beautiful verse. Can we read it together? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, God, last time we said that God gave himself to us, that Jesus is a gift to us. His body is a gift to us. His body was crushed on our behalf, so Jesus gift from the Father. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So Jesus is your gift. When you wake up you must understand that God gave himself to you. What is man that you are mindful of him gave himself to us. Why did he, what was God thinking, giving himself to us, whereas in the Garden of Eden, it was Adam and Eve who sinned against God. He created them, he said, do not touch, they touched, but God still loved them. Many times we, we fail, we sin against God, but he still loves us. So Jesus is our gift from the Father. So, his body was crushed on our behalf. His body is your gift. When you are sick, you have the privilege to go before God and say, by your stripes I'm healed. He's a gift to you. His blood is the gift to us. The blood of Jesus In other words, we are to live. 
one was coughing and the daddy woke up to, help, to go and help him with the medication. It was midnight. And in the morning he said, Daddy, did you hear people fighting me when you came to give me medicine? He said, no, we just came. And he said, no, I thought you had people who were fighting me. There were many people in this room fighting me. And I kept saying, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Jesus is your gift. Until you do what? And do what? 
give it back. Tell you, come. Today I will make the example of my husband. Let's act. <laughs>
to have to buy a million cars and I said, things! <laughs> things! When we die, we're going to leave these things out there. Mm -hmm. The moment they say, put your pen down and the ink is finished, you cannot take even that million. Some of you will be dying like this. <laughs> Some of you heaven will be calling you, come son, come my son, you'll be dying like this, oh father, can I finish my million? And God says, I gave it to you to use it for to help other people, but you use it for yourself. So it's time to come home. Mm. Time to come home. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> things. things. <laughs> these things you're gonna leave them on earth. So when we achieve these things, let's run first for the God who gave us the things. You see, in this church, we will promise you that God is the source. We won't promise you, come, let's lay hands on you. Tomorrow your bank account will be, will be full of money. Tomorrow, when you wake up, you're out of debt. You put yourself in debt, so get rich. Already running, 
Don't beat yourself. Start somewhere. Okay? We all have skeletons. Ask your neighbor if he has some skeletons. Smaller skeletons. So when you have those kind of things, you must go to God and ask him to help you. But take one step at a time. God is patient with you. But you must have somebody who holds your hand you are accountable to. I think I have a friend. So what did, what did I say? Practice. We were, yesterday we met with some other pastors. And he said, one of the pastors said, eh, they had a fasting for the whole month. But the fasting was different. They were coming to church once, once, once a week for prayer. But the fasting was, don't say anything negative about your spouse, your children, your work, or anybody in the church. They started, they were 70 when they started the prayer. Like, they said, if you happen to say something negative, don't come to pray. If you happen to say something negative about anybody, or gossip, or say unloving words, don't come for prayer. And by the end of the month, they were 15 from 70. <laughs> I think the prayer group will, will, will have to arrange this one. We start the whole church. Don't say anything negative. Don't gossip. Don't say whatever about anybody that you know when they hear it, it's going to break their hearts. That's Christianity. Information is good at church. Transformation is even better. Whatever we hear and learn, let's make sure that we practice it. Are we still together? Worship is a lifestyle. When we say we worship God, we mean that your everyday life must resemble a Christ-like character. You don't need that fasting and prayer to make sure that we see if you are gossiping or if you are... You just have to tell yourself, today, God, I'm going to say the right things. Because worship is what? It's a lifestyle. Let's read the Bible. <laughs> I, I, I don't like the message, but here I like it. It simplifies things. Because sometimes we're thinking worship is when we are coming to church and raising our hands. How you eat, you're worshiping God. If you are full and you keep on eating, and God says stop, and you keep on eating and eating, you are not worshiping God with the body. Because your body is a temple of God. If the doctor says stop drinking coke and you keep on taking coke, you are not worshiping God. It's worshiping God because he said, this temple, this body of yours is my temple. 
because it's where God stays. When we were at a, at a, a small group, I asked the people, where, what, what, what is worship? And, and then we, we had some answers. And good Daddy said, when, when we go to church, people raise their hands, and then when we come back, and then we, we behave a certain way in church. And I said, who is church? This is not church. This is just a building that we are gathered together. You are the church. So you must worship God with your lifestyle. You must worship God. The, the Bible says take your everyday ordinary life. <laughs> you're sleeping. Even when you sleep, you're worshiping God. You're eating. You're going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. So we make it our goal to please God whether we are going to work, whether we are sleeping, whether we are eating, whether we are walking around life. And if your life is not glorifying God, you are not worshiping God. You can never worship God without a revelation of who He is. You can never worship God without a revelation of who He is. When we read the Bible, the man who was born blind, the Bible says Jesus healed him and the, the Pharisees came to Jesus and they asked him what happened. They, 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 they came to the mother and they said, what happened? Is, the, is this not your son? He said, we, this is our son. All we know that he was born blind but now he's healed. He can see. You ask him. He's of age. Let him explain. Let him talk for himself. And the Bible says Jesus met. They went. They, they went to the blind man and said, "What happened to you?" And the boy said, eh, "All I know is that I was blind. Now I see." It is. It is the Sabbath. According to you, I'm not supposed to be walking around seeing. But all I know is that the man who touched me said, "Go do one, two, three, four, and I did it, and now I see." Are you reading the Bible, Mazala? This is what this is in the Bible. And then he said, later on, Jesus met him. Jesus met him. Jesus met him in the temple. And he said, Do you believe in, in, in the Son of Man? He said, If I can know this man, Lord, I will believe in him. And Jesus said, It is me. He revealed himself. Amen. You can never worship God until you have a revelation of Jesus. And the Bible says, Jesus said, it is I, the man, worshipped him. Yes. Sometimes you are struggling. Let's do this. Let's do this. And people are like, and you wonder, why not? It's because there's no revelation. I pray that this day, this season, we will have a revelation of who Jesus is. Come on, Bazaar, we will have a revelation. Come on.
woman when he met Jesus at the well. And he said, ah, we know that the prophet is coming. And Jesus said, I am. I am. The water that I shall give you, you shall first know. I am the bread of life. And the Samaritan was we know that we, we Jews and Samaritan, you know, those stories. And he said, but you Jews worship God in Jerusalem. And say, woman, there shall come a time. And you shall worship God in this mountain. But you, the true worshippers, shall worship the Father in truth and in spirit. Oh, glory be to God. They shall worship the Father in truth and in spirit. You need the revelation of Jesus. You need the revelation of who Jesus is in your life. To worship him in truth and in spirit. And when, when that revelation has come upon you, you don't need any man to tell you, it's time to worship God. It's time to raise your hand.
acknowledge that I cannot do it on my own. And the third chair is people who are saying, we have yielded to Christ and their self is under God's commandment or leadership. I no longer reign, I no longer rule, it is Christ who rules in me. And Jesus went to work on his disciples and he says, anyone who intends to come with me, he has to let me lead. You are not in the driver's seat. If Jesus has no room in your life to tell you, don't do this, don't do that, you, you still have room to tell God what to do. You are driving your life. But Jesus said, if any man would like to follow me, let him deny himself. Let him die to self. So who is the driver of your life? Is Jesus. Or are you there? This man, Bill Graham, says, Christ demands first place. There is no room on the throne of your heart for two gods. He just wants to be the only God. He wants to be king. He wants to be king. Let's close our eyes and raise our hands. He wants to be king. He wants to be king in each and every area of your life, in your marriage, <laughs> in your finances. He wants to be king. In your career, he wants to be king. He wants to be the driver of your life. And he's asking you today, will you let me lead? How much God, who has given us his son, and he still comes, he's asking, he's pleading with us. I'm representing a broken heart of the father this morning who says, would you let me lead your life? He died and he says, that's not enough. That's not enough. I will give you my spirit. I will give you my body. I will give you the things that you want. But can you please let me lead? Let me lead your life. And I want to pray with people this morning who are saying, God, lead. 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 I'm sorry that I took over my life. I, I did whatever I wanted to do with my time, with my money, with my body. Can you please lead? Let's close our eyes. I want you to pray for yourself wherever you are.